Hello, welcome to another finger. This is a podcast about bringing mindful awareness off of the cushion and into our daily lives. I recommend committing to a daily meditation practice for better physical and mental health. It is amazing what we can learn about ourselves when we are still. Only when still does the water become clear. This episode is a bit of a departure from the norm. Before 2023 is too far behind us, I'd like to share a few of my favorite books which I read or listened to throughout the year. I listened to 39 audiobooks in total and read a total of six in print form. Admittedly, it wasn't a great year for reading, and I also had difficulty finding time to even listen to books once the little one was born. Nevertheless, I feel like I was able to get to some really interesting and important books. I often brush up against readers who say they prefer to sit down with an actual book and turn physical pages as they read. While this is my preference as well, especially with fiction, I am faced with the reality that having found the time to read only six books the entire year, that I would only get to a tiny fraction of the books I was interested in if I did not listen to a number of them. There is also the accessibility issue. As much as I enjoy adding to my physical library, truly there are few books which I return to. If I do listen to a book and it happens to blow me away, or if I decide that I must have a copy at hand just to flip open and get some inspiration, I will buy a copy. I don't spend a lot of money on books. Aside from the audiobooks I have purchased over the years, everything I listen to is through the public library system where I live. Audiobooks are the easiest format to obtain from the library. You do have to wait in queue quite often, and sometimes that queue can be quite long, but that's okay if your list of books on hold is substantial. Everything seems to be available at just the right time. At least that is my experience. This is the same process for placing a hold on physical books in the library, except for these two conveniences. One, you don't have to make a trip to the library to pick up the books, thus saving transportation costs and fuel. Two, your audiobook is downloaded to your phone and you are able to listen at any convenient time. The hold system with audiobooks is also superior in this way. Let's say I place a hold on a physical book and then that book is transferred to the library closest to me as soon as it is available. Let's say I'm in the middle of another book at the time the new one is ready to be picked up. Because I've been waiting for many weeks or even months, I don't want to miss out, so I check it out as soon as possible, say within a couple days, and I end up not getting to finish it, or maybe not even opening it up, before the due date because I'm trying to get through this other book. I then have to travel back to the library to return it, all the while somebody else is waiting for that copy that was just collecting dust on my shelf. Contrast that with an audiobook becoming available. You simply receive an alert on your phone, you open the app and borrow the book right then and there if you are ready for it. If not, you simply select to have it delivered later so that the next person in line jumps ahead of you and you don't lose your place in that line. Also, your audiobook is always with you, in your pocket, and you are free to listen to it virtually anywhere and anytime. At work, 
on a walk, doing dishes, etc. Anyways, since I've began listening to audiobooks, I've expanded the intake of so many wonderful writings and people and ideas. As I mentioned before, I primarily listen to non-fiction audiobooks. I kind of see them as long-form podcasts, but I have enjoyed listening to some fiction as well. I feel like fiction relies heavily on the narrator of the book, where non-fiction doesn't have quite the same issue. The reader certainly makes a difference, but not as great a difference as in fiction. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. If you're wanting to consume more writing, more ideas, more books, consider audiobooks. In my experience, one book leads to another, directly or indirectly. It's just a continuously flowing stream of ideas, which I love. There are more audiobooks than you could ever listen to available at the library. It's an excellent resource. I use the app called Libby, so don't feel like you need to pay for a subscription service. Just get a library card and link it to the Libby app. Of course, they don't have everything, and this is often what will drive me to purchase a physical copy. I haven't checked out a physical copy of a book from a library in a few years, but I may start doing that again as we have started doing this for Junebug. However, I already have quite a stack of books at home to get to. Audiobooks can save you time, money, especially if you aren't paying for Audible or some other service. They will also save resources such as paper and fuel. So, I highly recommend it. I clearly wouldn't have read a quarter of the books I listened to this past year, and some of them were quite impactful on my life. So, without further ado, here are a few of my favorite books which I read or listened to in 2023. I've tried to separate them into categories, but there are often overlapping themes in nonfiction. Since I'm not great with book reports, I'll quote a lot from descriptions of books taken from the library or blurbs on the jacket. First, fiction. I'm going to start this off with two books written by George Saunders, 10th of December and Liberation Day. Both of them are collections of short stories, and they really reminded me of the power fiction has to pull at one's heartstrings and expand one's compassionate nature. Liberation Day was a book I both read and listened to. It was that good. Plus, the casting of George Saunders' audiobooks always makes them an enjoyable listen. Along with Lincoln in the Bardo and A Swim in a Pond in the Rain, these collections of shorts are not only fun to listen to, but they are also thought-provoking and emotionally stimulating. From the description of 10th of December, quote, Writing brilliantly and profoundly about class, sex, love, loss, work, despair, and war, Saunders cuts to the core of contemporary experience. These stories take on big questions and explore the fault lines of our own morality, delving into the questions of what makes us good and what makes us human. End quote. From Liberation Day, quote, Saunders continues to challenge and surprise. Together, these nine subversive, profound, and essential stories coalesce into a case for viewing the world with the same generosity and clear-eyed attention as Saunders does, even in the most absurd of circumstances. End quote. I highly recommend both of these books. There is something powerful in a well-written short story, and George Saunders is a master. 
Time magazine dubbed him the best short story writer in English. A couple of other books of fiction I was able to get to and enjoyed were A Swim in a Pond in the Rain, also by George Saunders. As I mentioned before, it was narrated by an incredible cast, including Rain Wilson, Nick Offerman, Glenn Close, and others. This is a book about fiction, namely four short stories written by the Russian masters Chekhov, Turgenev, Tolstoy, and Gogol. Also, Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman was pretty enjoyable as well. Next, philosophy. The creative act by the legendary music producer Rick Rubin was probably one of the most unexpectedly inspiring books for me. I've been a fan of his influence on music for much longer than I ever knew. His reach was much broader than I had known until doing some research after listening to this book. Luckily for us, he is the narrator, which I can't imagine someone else bringing to his words what he brings to them. It's a great book for any aspiring creative or to anyone who enjoys the creative process or what the creative process brings. I think by that description, hardly anyone is left out, so check it out. Some other notable books touching this subject were The Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts, Be Water, My Friend by Shannon Lee, which is a book exploring the philosophy of her father, Bruce Lee, Pure Meditation by Pema Chodron. This is a great book to learn how and why to meditate. She's an excellent writer and teacher with a wonderful sense of humor. I also took in many books on Stoicism, including Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, again, Letters from a Stoic by Seneca, and three books from Massimo Pigliucci, How to Be a Stoic, A Field Guide to a Happy Life, and Think Like a Stoic. There was also four books written by Ryan Holiday, which I enjoyed. Discipline is Destiny, Stillness is the Key, The Obstacle is the Way, and Courage is Calling. Along with these books were a couple that I listen to or read at least once a year. These are The Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, I prefer the Stephen Mitchell translation, and The Art of Living by Thich Nhat Hanh. Next up, Politics or Political Theory. There were two books in this genre that I listened to which had a great impact on me and my way of thinking about some of the problems we face in our current political discourse. First is What's Our Problem by Tim Urban. From the description, quote, What's Our Problem is a deep and expansive analysis of our modern times, packed with original concepts, sticky metaphors, and 300 drawings. The book provides an entirely new framework and language for thinking and talking about today's complex world. Instead of focusing on the usual left-center-right horizontal political axis, which is all about what we think, the book introduces a vertical axis that explores how we think, as individuals and as groups. Readers will find themselves on a delightful and fascinating journey that will ultimately change the way they see the world around them. End quote. I found this book to be a refreshing recalibration for my humanity, and I recommend it to anyone 
100%. The second book is called The Cruelty is the Point, The Past, Present, and Future of Trump's America by Adam Serwer. This book is a collection of essays which explore the historical precedents which have led to the embrace of a figure like Trump. Regardless of where you place yourself on the political spectrum, one thing is for certain. We have never had a politician like him. We have never seen such loyalty heaped on any individual, political or not, in my lifetime. We have never seen the true worship and devotion above country to a single human being in America in recent history or maybe ever. This collection of essays explores what led to this through a historical lens. This collection of essays explores what led to this through a historical lens. It's quite fascinating and eye-opening. I highly recommend it. Other notable books in this category which I recommend are Poverty by America by Matthew Desmond, Ghetto Side by Jill Leovi, The Short and Tragic Life of Robert Peace by Jeff Hobbs, Charter Schools and Their Enemies by Thomas Sowell. Parenting Obviously this topic is suddenly important to me. I have no illusions that reading some books is going to make me a better parent or change the child I have, but I do want to be informed. I want to gather lessons people have learned both through success and failure. This is a bit of a hectic genre as the popular techniques of parenting seem to change by the moment. A few books on this subject have stood out to me for various reasons. Bringing Up Bebe by Pamela Druckerman is a book I'd recommend for people who are expecting or those with young children. It's an interesting comparison between the way children are generally raised in the United States and with those raised in France. How to Raise Successful People by Esther Wojcicki is probably the best book on this subject I've encountered so far. The author is the mother of three famously successful daughters, a former CEO of YouTube, a Fulbright-winning anthropologist, and the co-founder of 23andMe. This book is a sort of instruction on how to guide your children to be the best versions of themselves which is the true success. It is using a method she has developed called TRIC, Trust, Respect, Independence, Collaboration, and Kindness. It's as close to a must-read for parents as far as I'm concerned. Next on the list is a book written by Mary Louise Kelly called It Goes So Fast. This book is a look at how quickly the time can go by for a busy, career-driven parent and probably aided me in my decision to push pause on work and career and focus on being present with my child as much as possible, especially in these early years. Sociology A few of these books could probably have been included in the philosophy section or could be put into a self-improvement category on their own, as they kind of breach the boundaries of both. First on the list is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. This may have been my very favorite book of the year. It's a call to reconsider the role of nature in our lives, perhaps best summed up by the subtitle, 
Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. Written by a botanist and professor of plant ecology, this book is chock full of wisdom, beauty, and wonder. I'll say it again, probably my favorite book of the year. Read it. Another eye-opening and interesting book I listened to was The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate, co-written with his son Daniel. Quote, This book is a groundbreaking investigation into the causes of illness, a bracing critique of how our society breeds disease, and a pathway to health and healing. A Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century by Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying was an interesting listen as well. It discusses the root of some of the problems we currently have in modern society, as our brains are still wired to proliferate in a world, an ancient world, which no longer exists for most of us. Changes in society and technology have occurred so quickly that our brains haven't had time to catch up. From the description, quote, We are living through the most prosperous age in all of human history. Yet we are listless, divided, and miserable. Wealth and comfort are unparalleled, but our political landscape is unmoored, and the rates of suicide, loneliness, and chronic illness continue to skyrocket. How do we explain the gap between these truths? And how should we respond? End quote. A few others in this category which I enjoyed are 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Account Right Now by Jaron Lanier, Deep Fakes by Nina Schick, The Art of the Good Life by Rolf Dobelli, and The Good Life by Robert Waldinger. Two more worth mentioning are connected in a way. Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters by Abigail Schreier. This is a controversial book about a controversial topic, and I'll just quote the book's description here. Quote, Irreversible Damage is an exploration of a mystery. Why, in the last decade, has the diagnosis gender dysphoria transformed from a vanishingly rare affliction applying almost exclusively to men to an epidemic among teenage girls, end quote. I found the book to be quite interesting, and it asked a lot of questions and exposes some tough statistics. Because this topic is so divisive, I figured I'd read something contrary to what I normally hear. This led me to the next book, which is someone's actual experience of what it looks like to go through life in a body which they are uncomfortable in. This book is Page Boy by Elliot Page. Elliot Page formerly Ellen Page of Juno and Inception fame. To quote a blurb from the book, Searing, deeply moving and incredibly poignant. This isn't simply a book on what it means to be trans. It's about what it means to be human. End quote. This book chronicles her, now his, lifelong journey to eventually transition from a woman to an identifying male. I found it to be quite an interesting and informative look into what it may be like to be trans. It expanded my heart and compassion. I'm glad I listened to it. So there you have it. Not a completely comprehensive list of everything that entered my brain, but a fairly representative one. As I previously said, 
I was never good at book reports, so I hope I did justice describing some of these books, but I probably failed in a few instances, so forgive me. I am so grateful for all of these people taking the time to create these works. They have truly enriched my life and have altered my way of thinking. As you can see from the list, my interests are all over the place, and I take in a diversity of opinions on any given topic, though I am still fairly selective. I think it is important to get outside of our echo chambers on occasion, if not permanently, to truly hear another's point of view. As I said at the top, I wouldn't get around to most of these books if it weren't for the absolute convenience of the audiobook format. I'm so grateful for that technology and so grateful for the library system which makes so many titles easily available. Books are so important in helping us expand our minds, our ideas of what's possible, and our hearts. Please support those who write them and those who ensure their availability. I hope this list has inspired you to check out some of these titles. I will include this list in the show notes below, and I will also, sometime in the near future, make some other book lists available on the website, anotherfinger.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, enjoy.